Well, good morning, Journey. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Ken, and I just love what God is doing from baptisms to parking lots to we're now in camp season. So you know tomorrow we have 21 middle school and high school students leaving for a week-long camp. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. We can applaud that. We can praise God for that. 21 students and a Pastor Aaron. And they're going to be joining hundreds of students from all over the state that will converge at Heartland. And uh, we're just praying that they have an absolute blast. They have fun. They, they get all muddy. You know, all the, all the stuff of camp. But that they also encounter Jesus Christ. And uh, so if you'd be praying with us this week for that. And then Wednesday, we have a team of 17 that are heading to the Dominican Republic. And uh, so if you'd be praying for that team as well. In fact, we're going to pray in just a moment for our campers and for those who are going to be going to the Dominican Republic. Not to scare anybody, but even this past week, the State Department uh, put out an alert regarding the Dominican Republic. Don't you always love that right before you're about to leave? You go, oh man, come on, don't be doing that stuff. So, uh, so if you'd just be praying, obviously for protection, but also that, that we would just um, make a difference and that God would just blow the participants away as well that are going to be a part of that. So would you just join me in prayer? I know we've been praying, but that's what we do in church, right? Jesus said my house should be called a house of, not a house of preaching. So, so if you're like, man, they're really praying a lot. Well, that's, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, right? Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you that you change lives. We don't change lives. We just participate in what you are already doing. You're the one. Spirit gives birth to spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. And so, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for these middle school and high school students that are leaving tomorrow. Oh, God, we pray in the strong and mighty name of Jesus that uh, for protection and fun and celebration and great food and, and all of that stuff. But, God, we pray that they would encounter you. God, that they would leave that place knowing that they know that they know. If nothing else, the rest of their lives, they would look back and remember this moment where they experienced Jesus. God, would you, would you just blow them away with your power? God, would you bring healing and release and freedom in different areas of their lives for the glory of God? God, we pray for this team that's heading to the Dominican Republic this week. God, we thank you for safety and protection and flights that would be on time and, and all that stuff. But God, we also pray that it would be a, just an incredible season of, of seeing what you are doing around the world, of participating in what you're doing around the world, but also, God, that our lives would be changed as well. And uh, that you would be glorified in all that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God's doing great stuff, right? And I love that we get to be right in the middle of it. Well, hey, uh, today I just wanted to take, this isn't part of a series. We're going to be starting a series uh, pretty soon called Thinking Like Jesus or Think Like Jesus. It's going to be great. We're going to be going through for about three or four months. We're going to be going through the Sermon on the Mount. You do not want to miss this series. We're going to, verse by verse, we're going to go through Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7. But today I wanted to take a moment. I was thinking about baptism and the Lord just put on my heart this idea that, that did you know in the Bible that there's actually three Three baptisms mentioned, at least three, by the way. Some could argue that there's even more, but, but most would look in the three baptisms. So maybe you're thinking, you're going, okay, like I know this baptism, like what are the other baptisms? And so I just want to take a few minutes to unpack wh what are the three baptisms and what does it mean for us? You know, like sometimes you go, okay, well, that's great information, but, you know, what does it mean for my life, right? So let's talk, let's get right into it. What are the three baptisms? First of all, there's the baptism in Christ. Baptism in Christ. Would you all say that with me? 
Baptism in Christ. Now this might be a little bit confusing, but, but here's basically the idea is that the moment that you hum, the moment that, that the Spirit impresses upon you your sinfulness, because he's the one who convicts us of our sin, right? Jesus said that in John chapter 14, that it's the Spirit who convicts us of our sin. That moment where you are convicted of, oh man, I'm not as good as I thought I was. You know, that moment where you stop comparing yourself with other people who are worse than you, and you come to grips with the fact that, man, I'm selfish, and I'm jealous, and I envy other people, and I'm greedy, and I lack in compassion, and I'm critical. And that, that moment where just the weight of your sin is so heavy, and you realize the greatness of God and his love for you, and that he has come to rescue you through Jesus, that Jesus came to this earth. Yes, he taught, and he performed miracles, and he healed people, but ultimately he was, he was nailed to a cross and lifted high and exposed and humiliated naked before the whole earth so that he could take upon himself the curse of my sin and your sin. And he took upon himself the punishment that we deserve because of our sinfulness that has separated us from God. That moment where you realize your own sin, but you realize the greatness of God and the love of God through Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection, and you say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Forgive me. Be the master and leader of my life. I want to live my life following after you. You lead, I will follow. That moment where you humbled yourself, we call this salvation. We call this being born again. We call this spiritual rebirth. Whatever you want to call it, in that moment, you are baptized in Christ. Did you know that? It's not a physical thing, it's an inward thing. That you are baptized in Christ. And, and really the spirit is all over this part. I mean the spirit is the one who is hovering over our chaos and over our darkness. Just like he was in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. It's the spirit who convicts us. In fact, look at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12. We'll put this up on the screen. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. He says, but we, and by the way he's writing to followers of Jesus. He's writing to believers. So if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a believer, this is you. He says, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. What in the world is he talking about? He's talking about the baptism in Christ. He's talking about that we are, we are baptized into the body of Christ. And now I don't just belong to myself, I belong to Jesus. And Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. His body now, in this time that he is at the Father, is the body of Christ, the church. So I've been baptized in Christ. I've been baptized. And who does the baptism? Do you see that in that verse? Who did the baptism? He says, but we have all been baptized into one body by who? By one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. This is also, I think, in your notes, okay? So if you're going, I don't know the answers to any of these questions. It's not trick questions. They're right there in the verse, right? It's the, so I want you to know that even at your conversion, being born again, spiritual rebirth, being saved, whatever you want to call it, even in that, the Holy Spirit is a huge part of that. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads you to Christ. He's the one who baptizes you into Christ. Isn't that awesome? So if you are a follower of Jesus, you've been baptized into Christ. Isn't that pretty awesome? Even before we get to this part, you've already been baptized in Christ. So that's the first baptism. The second baptism is what we just observed this morning. It's baptism in water. 
baptism in water. Would you say that one with me? Baptism in water, right? And I don't have to say a lot about this because probably most of you are aware, and I know different churches do it differently. Here at Journey, we just do it the way we see in the Gospels in the book of Acts. They would find a body of water, and we don't happen to have a river flowing through our church yet. I hear rain's on its way. Lord, send the rain. We need, we need physical rain. Oh, do we need spiritual rain? Let it rain, right? So, so we, we, we just have this, you know, this container of water, but, but we just, the way that they did in the, in the Bible, they'd go under the water, they'd come up out of the water, and so we just do it that way. Other churches do it different, that's, that's fine. But I want you to see what Jesus said. This is according to Matthew, one of the last words of Jesus. He says in Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations. And then the first thing he said that you should do when you make these disciples is baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? So baptism symbolizes our new life. Like I mentioned a few moments ago, it's an outward demonstration of what God has already done inside of us. It's the outward baptism that demonstrates the inward baptism that we've already experienced, right? And I, I love that. It's such a great illustration, and it's such a great opportunity for the church to celebrate what God is doing in their midst. So the first baptism is the baptism in who? Christ. Not a trick question. Okay, the first baptism is the baptism in who? Okay, now you're all together. The second baptism is the baptism in what? Water. Now we're going to get to another who. The third baptism is the baptism in Holy Spirit. The baptism in Holy Spirit. Would you say that with me? The baptism in Holy Spirit. Okay, like 17 of you all were with me. So let's do this again. The baptism in Holy Spirit. You guys will get it eventually. I, I promise you, all right? So, so here, here's, you go, well, what in the world is that? Maybe you've heard of the baptism in Christ. Maybe you, probably a lot of us have heard the baptism in water, okay? What is this baptism in Holy Spirit? And by the way, a lot of times I say baptism in Holy Spirit because he's, he's just as much God as God the Father and God the Son. And we don't say God, we don't say God the Father. Well, I guess we do say God the Father. We don't say Yes, we do. Okay, so I guess we can say the Holy Spirit. All right, so you can put the in there. All right, we got that. So at the beginning, you guys are like, is he, is he okay today? Like, I don't know. So, so at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, in fact, even before his baptism, before the wilderness, before he started teaching or performing miracles, wait, right before all of that, John the dunking man, or maybe you call him John the baptizer. I don't like to call him John the Baptist because when I was a kid, people called him the John the Baptist, and I just thought that's the church he went to. So I was like, well, where's John the Presbyterian or John the Episcopalian, you know? So, so I, I baptize, when, it, when you say John the Baptist, it means John the dunking man, like literally in, in English. So, so John the dunking man, you remember him from maybe if you grew up going to VBS or Sunday school or whatever, he ate weird things and wore weird things. And so John the dunking man, John the baptizer, he, he gives a prophecy concerning Jesus that is a really important one. I'm going to explain why in a moment. But in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, this is before John the dunking man baptized Jesus. He says, I baptize, this is John speaking, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But, Someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. He's specifically talking about the Messiah that all of Israel has been looking forward to. And, and John has been given the revelation that the Messiah is Jesus. So he says, 
One's coming, and by the way, he, he's, he, by the way, he is coming again, too. Okay, that's a side note. But he, he says, he, speaking of Jesus, he will baptize you with who? Is it up there? Okay, because I don't know. Are you reading along? He, Jesus, will baptize you with who? With the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, here, here's the crazy thing about this prophecy that John the baptizer makes. This is found in all four Gospels. This prophecy that John makes that Jesus will baptize in the Holy Spirit, this is found in all, and you go, well, what's the big deal about that? There's not a lot in Scripture that is found in all four Gospels. Jesus' birth story is only found in two of the Gospels. Two of the Gospels just ignore, I mean, they just pick up with him being 30 years old. All four Gospels teach Jesus' death, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, but not all four Gospels have all the other stories and all the, because, because they're all giving different glimpses from different perspectives. Anytime you find that all four Gospels are talking about something, and I'm, I'm not trying to nerd out here, but it means, hey, this is really important. Pay attention to this. This is a big deal. And John says, Jesus will, future tense, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. It means, hey, you should probably pay attention to this, right? So, so while... So, so Jesus, you know, has his ministry. He selects disciples. He's got 12 disciples, but he's also got this whole other group of 70-some. And then he's got this wider circle of disciples. And, and, and Jesus, after his death and resurrection, the night of Jesus' resurrection, he appears to the 12 disciples. And you find this in John chapter 20, beginning in verse 20. It says, on the night of Jesus' resurrection, Jesus appears in. They're hiding their doors are bolted shut. The shades are drawn. They're hiding. They think they're going to be arrested next. They're going to be the next ones to be drugged out into the streets and being executed. And so the night of Jesus' resurrection, they're hiding. And Jesus just appears in the room and he says, peace be with you. He says it twice because they're really freaked out. He says, peace be with you. And then I think it's almost like, no, seriously, peace be with you. You need some peace, guys. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then he does something so crazy, at least to our modern sensibilities, he breathes on them. And I noticed today, especially at the beginning of the service, there was this whole like splash zone here, or sometimes a journey we call it the spit zone because I tend to spit in my, so I, I got to be careful doing this, but he breathes on them. And then he says something so, so interesting and so phenomenal. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. I ask this question all the time. If you've been around Journey, you've heard me ask this question. If Jesus says receive the Holy Spirit, do you think they received the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. So there's not a question in my mind, well, maybe they didn't really receive the Holy Spirit. He breathes on them. This is the night of his resurrection. He breathes on them. He says receive the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit. Forty days later... Jesus is about to ascend, and in Acts chapter 1, he's gathered them around, and he says, listen, I'm about to take off. He's trying to prepare them, because he's literally going to ascend that day. In Acts chapter 1, he says, listen, I know I told you to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. I know I told you all that, but before you do that, I want you to stay in Jerusalem. And they're all kind of looking at each other, and they're going, well, which one is it? And he's like, I'm going to explain here. Stay in Jerusalem. In a few days, you know how John, the dunking man, baptized people in water? He says, in a few days, you will be, and this is so crazy, he says, you will be baptized in and with the Holy Spirit. Just like John, the dunking man, had actually prophesied. 
He said, this is going to happen. And I think maybe they're looking at each other going, well, he already breathed on us and we already received the Holy Spirit. Like, what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit all about? I, I, the way that I describe it is this way. When you became a follower of Jesus, when you were baptized in Christ, you received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was all over that. The Holy Spirit was convicting you. The Holy Spirit was drawing you to Christ. The Holy Spirit is who caused the message of God's grace to come alive in your heart. The Holy Spirit was all over it. In fact, it was the Holy Spirit who baptized you in Christ. In that moment, you received the Holy Spirit. Okay, there's some weird teaching out there that says, well, some people have the Holy Spirit and some people don't have the Holy Spirit. If you are a follower of Christ, you have received the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? Just like John chapter 20, the night of Jesus' resurrection, received the Holy Spirit. You've received the Holy Spirit. And yet, and yet, Jesus says, but wait, there's more. Right? He just doesn't say it tacky like an infomercial. He says, wait, just like John baptized people and dunked people in water, and we saw a physical demonstration of that this morning. When these people got out of the tank, did you notice something about them? I mean, not just a little wet. There's, this whole floor right now is soaking wet up here. Jesus says, in a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It, it, you know what? When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's not about you. Okay? Some churches being baptized in the Holy Spirit is so you can go, Woo! Whoa! I felt it. Glory! Ha! I got me some of the Holy Ghost. Okay, that's great. I'm not against you feeling things. And I, I'm glad you got that. But can I just tell you quite honestly, that's not what he's for. Jesus said his last words before he ascended to the Father, same passage in Acts chapter 1. He says, but you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Okay, I got the power, right? You will receive power, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, I, I want to baptize you. I, I know you have received, I, wanna, I want you to have more because you need power for this day that you live in to be my witness. So you don't shrink back. So you don't buy into the lie of, well, I don't know enough. I haven't gone to church enough. I don't know enough of the Bible. What if they ask me a weird question? What if they think I'm weird? No, I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I need power to be a witness. Especially today. Especially today, I need power. See, I, I got it all over my hands. Like, I'm, I'm wiping because the Holy Spirit, when, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's not just for you. It messes with everything around you in a good way. Okay, I don't want you thinking otherwise. So, 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 um, so they, they wait. Okay, Jesus, Acts 1, that was Acts 1.8. Acts 1.9, Jesus ascends to the Father. And so they're hanging out and they're waiting. They wait for 10 days. They're praying together. And it happens. In Acts chapter 2, these people who had already received the Holy Spirit are now baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and it's crazy, and you've got to read it for yourself. It's such an incredible account, but I promise you, everybody knew they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. There wasn't a question. It was like, oh, we know, right? And that's another thing. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, just like when you're baptized in water, you know that you are baptized in water. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will know it. You will know it. So, so this crowd gathers, thousands of people gather, and Peter, who just 50 days earlier several hundred yards away, had cowered in fear and denied Jesus, 
Peter is now filled with the Holy Spirit, and there's thousands of people gathered around. And he stands up, and he goes, all right, it's on. Let's start talking about Jesus. And at the end of his sermon, it says this. I want you to catch this. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, it says, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him, this crowd, crowd of thousands, they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? In other words, great sermon, you got to tell us what to do now. Like, we, we, we feel convicted. Something's going on inside of me. Like, I need to, how do I respond to this? Peter replied, he replied to this crowd, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away all who have been called by the Lord our God. I, you know what I love about that passage? It means it's for us. Okay, so whenever somebody says, oh, that was just for the early apostles. No, no, I get in on that. You get in on that, right? But I want you to see three things that Peter said in there. First of all, he said, repent of your sins. That's the baptism in Christ, right? Then he says, be baptized. Peter urges them to follow Jesus' example by getting baptized. Then he says, and then, did you see that? Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the third baptism. As Peter indicates here, the Holy Spirit will not force himself upon anyone. He must be received, right? Okay, so let me give you two case studies. Whew, we're gonna, maybe we'll do one case study. How do we do this? Acts chapter eight. Guys, with me, we're going to zoom through here. Put, put on your seatbelt. Say, okay, here we go. Acts chapter 8, the evangelist Philip, who's not one of the disciples, by the way, he's preaching and teaching. A revival breaks out. Acts chapter 8, verse 12 says, but now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, and as a result, many men and women were baptized. Isn't that awesome? So headquarters in Jerusalem finds out what's going on in Samaria. They send Peter and John to check out what's going on. And we pick up in verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as Peter and John arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They they were missing something powerful, right? And so Peter and John, they come upon these new believers and they're like, hey, there's some power missing here. Because Peter and John were used to ministering under the unction and the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so they get there and they're like, there's, there's, have, you guys, have you guys been baptized in the Holy Spirit? No. So look at what happens in verse 17. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. And now they're fully equipped to do everything that God wants them to do. Okay, skip over to Acts chapter 19. Here's a second case study. And this is years later, okay? This is now under Paul's ministry. Everybody with me? Acts 19, we're going to zoom. While Paulus was in Corinth, this is verse 1. While Paulus was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Everybody still with me? Verse 2. This is a question, this is so interesting to me. Paul could have asked any, he, he meets these new believers in Ephesus, and this is a question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. 
isn't that an interesting, first of all, a question that Paul asks, and then isn't that an interesting response? Nobody's taught, people taught us about the spiritual rebirth, they taught us about Jesus, but no one ever taught us about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're in this room and you're going, Ken, I don't know any of what you're talking about today. I've been in church my whole life, I've never heard any of this. Can I tell you, that happens. That happens. And that's not because pastors are, you know, sometimes there's just different emphases or whatever. And for whatever reason, these Ephesus believers hadn't even heard any of this. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Paul found this so puzzling that he, he does a double check. Look at verse 3. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. So Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they find a body of water and go, let's, let's make sure we did this right. Sometimes people come to me and they're like, well, I was baptized when I was a kid, but I don't remember it and I don't know. And I'll be like, well, let's, let's do it again. That's my chapter and verse for it. That's my only theology that I have. You know, sometimes it's like, okay, if, if you, you, we'll, we'll do it again. Why? I just want you to have a mile marker event and you to know that you've been faithful and obedient. Right? And then it says, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's what I just read. Verse 6. Then, in the, in the Greek, this is a after that. Then, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Do you notice, in, in Acts chapter 8, Peter and John laid their hands. It said, uh, then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 19, Paul lays his hands on them. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. There's something about that. Now, I, that's not all the time. It's not universal. But there's an important thing. I, I think if you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, man, you should seek for people to lay their hands on you and just say, hey, would you join your faith with me? Would you believe with me? So here, here's, here's just the bottom line question I want to ask you. Have you experienced all three baptisms? Have you experienced the baptism in Christ? That moment where you just came to the end of yourself and realized, man, I'm not as perfect as I've thought that I am. That's a sobering moment, isn't it? Sometimes God just has to get our attention because we're going through, uh, I'm, I'm the best. I'm the bee's knees. And God gets your attention. You go, oh, no. I am sin-stained and sin-covered. I am broken and helpless and powerless. Jesus, have mercy on me. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you're crucified and risen. Come and forgive me of my sins. I want to live my life for you. I surrender my life to you. Have you been baptized in Christ? Have you asked Jesus to come into your life? Have you experienced a spiritual rebirth? I'm not asking you how religious you are. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church or whatever. I, that, that, that has nothing to do with anything. Have you humbled yourself and asked Jesus for his forgiveness and for his lordship? You can do that this morning. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. Maybe you have. Here's the second question. Have you been baptized in water? Say, ah, oh, I... When I was a baby or I don't remember it, I think it's a big deal that you remember being baptized. I just think it's a big deal. There's nothing against, we're not saying anything against your parents who are so committed to God that they baptized you as a baby. That's awesome. That was a, but that was between them and God. 
If you haven't been baptized yet, man, we have a second service where we're going to be baptizing people. We have shorts in the back. We have t-shirts in the back. We will hook you up. If you don't want to get baptized today, I get, we're not going to try to coerce you. On July 23rd, we're having an all-church pool party and baptism at the Clyde Pool, and you can get baptized then. That's like in a month and a couple days, right? Something like, I, don't, I can't do math. You guys can help me out later. But here's the question. Have you been baptized in water? It's a pretty easy question to answer, right? Yes or no, just like the first one. Here's the third question. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? So I, I don't know. I've gotten emotional during worship a few times. Maybe that was it. I think you'll know. In fact, I would challenge you, read through the book of Acts, and you'll see every time somebody was baptized in the Holy Spirit, they knew. Something happened. Something happened. A lot of times people speak in tongues. I know that weirds people out. That's true. You go through the Bible. It seems to be the biblical pattern. But we don't need to go looking for that. You just go, Holy Spirit, I want you. I'm not looking for all the, all the stuff. I just, Holy Spirit, would you baptize me? The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ as salvation. Isn't it interesting that Jesus, according to the prophecy of John the baptizer, Jesus is the one who baptizes us then in Holy Spirit. Pretty cool how that works, right? So I'm going to ask everybody to stand to your feet. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come, and this isn't just our normal prayer partners. We, if, you, if, you, uh, if you receive my email or if I've talked to you or our board members, spouses, ministry leaders, we'd love to have you guys be a part of this. And, and prayer partners, I'm going to have you come and stand and just get real close to the platform and look toward the congregation. Some of you can come to the middle or to, we got a, plenty of room over on this end as well. Would you just bow your heads with me? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. All of this is about Jesus. All of this is about Jesus. If you're in this room with eyes closed and heads bowed and you have not experienced the baptism in Christ, you've never asked Jesus to come into your life. Maybe you've been a good person, church-going, member of a church, all that stuff. But you have not come to the end of yourself and asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins and be the master and leader of your life. You haven't surrendered to him. If that's you right now, would you just raise your hand right now all over this room, raise your hand. I wanna pray for you, yeah. I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you over there, yeah. Anybody else? You can lower your hands after you've raised them. Anybody else? Yeah, I see you back there. Yep. Anybody else? Hey, it's not complicated. Right where you are, just say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you're crucified and risen. Forgive me. Lead me. Empower me to follow you. I want to live my life now, not for myself. I want to live my life for you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now let me ask you this question. I'm not going to ask the baptism in water thing because you can do that in the next service if you want or on July 23rd. Here's the next question. Have you been baptized in Holy Spirit? And listen, I don't, maybe you've been to churches or maybe you've seen things on movies or whatever and this weirds you out. Let me tell you, we just, we just want to pray with you and for you. No one's going to be pushing you over or I mean if the Lord wants to do that, that that's his thing. But Joel's not up here like shoving people down, okay? That's not happening. 
We want to put our hands just on your forehead or on your shoulders, and we're not going to scream into your face. We're just going to gently pray with you and just ask that the Lord would do what he did in the book of Acts, that Jesus would baptize you in and with the Holy Spirit, and that you would know it, that he would do something, that you would know it, and that you would be empowered now to be a witness, that you would have a boldness about you to witness, that the Holy Spirit would begin producing his fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. This is about, this is about love, really. He wants, to, he wants to pour out his love. You would have a greater love for God. You would have a greater love for others. You would have a greater love for the word of God, right? So if that's you, I'm not going to belabor this, but if that's you, we're just going to invite you just to come and we want, we want to pray with you and for you, all right? So if you want the bat, maybe, maybe, maybe you want a fresh outpouring. In the book of Acts, it says continually that people are filled with the Holy Spirit. People who had already been baptized in the Holy Spirit later on get filled with the Holy Spirit again. So maybe you had an experience years ago or whatever, and you just go, I need a fresh outpouring. That's okay too. So I'm going to invite you just to come right now. If that's you, you know it. You're sweating right now. You're like talking yourself out of why you shouldn't come and how weird it's going to be that you're going to be the first person to come. We just come right now if that's you. I'm telling you, there's other people in the room that will join you. You want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You want an outpouring. You want more of Him. Maybe that's a great way of saying it. Maybe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is language that scares you. This is just saying, I want more of you. I want more of you. I want the overflow. I want the cup that is spilling over. <laughs> Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. Holy Spirit. You are our comforter. You are our counselor. You lead us into all truth. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We want all of you, Holy Spirit. We want power to be witnesses. Holy Spirit, we want you to produce your fruit in our lives. Holy Spirit, we want to walk in the giftings that you have for us. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We welcome you. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus, baptize us in your spirit. Jesus, you're the baptizer. We look to you, Jesus. Jesus, you said that if we ask a father for, for a fish, he's not going to give us a scorpion. If we ask for bread, he's not going to give us a stone. That you will give the Holy Spirit to all of your children who ask. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, we welcome your spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you, Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, come. We're hungry for you. We're hungry for you. We want more of you, oh God. 
We want more of you, more of your love, more of your spirit, more of you. Oh, rivers of living water, come Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Whether you're in the front or you're in the chairs, would you just close your eyes and just, just welcome him? We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We welcome you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. This is such a great prayer to pray this week. In fact, I challenge you throughout the week, just pray, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. Holy Spirit, would you baptize me? I've got a friend who was baptized taking a shower. He was baptized in Holy Spirit. He was just taking a shower. He just started praising God. The next thing he knew, he was talking in a language that his mama had never taught him. He was baptized in a shower. I have a friend who was baptized in a car. He had, his, he had a worship worship music on Spotify turned all the way up he's singing along and the next thing you know he's singing in a language his mama never taught him he's empowered by the Holy Spirit so church we don't just have to do this in this room we can pray for the Holy Spirit in our bedrooms in our living rooms your work room you can just say Holy Spirit I want more of you fill me with your love fill me with your power so, Father, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. May we be a church that is open to everything that you have for us. May we be a church that removes all the obstacles and all the hindrances, all the teaching of men. God, may we be a church that just says we want all that you have for us. And God, in that, God, that there would be a power to be witnesses that we have never experienced before. God, that we would see more salvations. We would see more people baptized in Christ. We would see more people baptized in water. In the name of Jesus.